Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing. Once again, recorded at the PW offices in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly, Editor of PW Comics World, and Editor of The Fanatic, PW's, PW's twice a month comics and pop culture newsletter. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald, the Editor-in-Chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com. And you can find us on Twitter at, at PWComicsWorld. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer. And you can find us online on Tumblr at PWComicsWorld.tumblr.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to More to Come on the Apple Podcast app, on Google Podcasts, and on Stitcher. And on Facebook with Facebook.com slash PWComicsWorld. And don't forget, you can let us know how you're, we're doing. You can leave us a rating, a thumbs up, comment. Perhaps we love comments. We love to hear from our listeners and let us know how we're doing. All right. This week on More to Come, SBX and more. Uh, uh, yeah. Our next item, is this a joke or an item on our list? A, a, dark, a dark horse and a penguin walk into a comic shop. Ah. <laughs> All right. So we'll come to that. Well, that's the shortest list ever. It is indeed, but... Slow done. news week, folks. It is. Um, but we're all just back, or Adi and I are just back from SBX. And not just back, but you know, we yeah. were there. <laughs> it's time for a con report, people. It is. Coming right up. It is. Um, you know, the news about SBX is that SBX is back. <laughs> you know, we had so, I said in my own, that was the opening line of my con report on the beat, and Calvin and Meg wrote one for the, for PW. But uh, I said, how many stories have you written that are like, blank is back? But I guess that's just how you come out of a pandemic is you write write about things that come back. And uh, and that's really what it was. I mean, I was only down there for one day, um, but uh, it was really good to see everybody. Uh, you know, the hall was full. The, you know, I don't know what it was like on the opening day, but we Saturday is usually the most intense day. It wasn't as intense as a Saturday can be. Uh, but there were steady crowds all day long. Um, uh, I, I, we, we heard or men may heard some, you know, you know, small quibbles about sales, but basically people seem to be, you know, selling books and having a good time. I heard very mixed things about sales. Some people were complaining it was slow. I, you know, apparently I'm, and I'm really sad that I missed Mocha because a lot of people were saying that Mocha was like the big reunion and that, you know, everybody was just like, everybody had insane sales at Mocha True. because it was the first show. And like, you know, everybody who went had, uh, was just still saying, you know, they had two or three times their previous sales. Yes. People were and, selling everything yes, else like the first selling. day. So, yes. so compared to that, uh, to SPX was not as good, but you know what? It's, it's just dependent on what you did. I mean, um, depended on, you know, Fantagraphics bought on, you know, Noah Van Skyver, uh, Tommy Parrish, Hoche Anderson, Megan yeah. Kelso, incredible lineup, and get a lot of their books sold out. Now a lot of them sold out because they hadn't been able to get a ton of copies, but you know, um, yeah. there yeah. you go. The easy way to sell out is to have fewer books to begin with. Well, that is, yeah, but, Anyway, people wanted the books for sure. And, uh, so, you know, it wasn't like, it was fine. Yeah, and I, I mean, I thought, I thought in the big panels, they were, they were fairly crowded. Now, I would say the Hoche Anderson panel, which wasn't, didn't have a huge crowd, uh, but also, 
Um, I have to complain a little bit about the technical support. It took them like 15 minutes because they didn't have a dongle. That said... It's a hard thing to uh, live with. Well, there you go. That said, it was... Uh, I mean, it, it basically, Poche uh, Anderson was interviewed by Gary Groth, his longtime publisher. Uh, he's had a fascinating career. Gary didn't bring a dongle. Apparently, he didn't. Usually, you learn pretty early that almost no one has a, a Mac dongle unless they bring it. You know, I'll try Gary, but because he's notorious for not knowing how things work. He really is one of those people... I remember when he was, you know, the disastrous Angoulême that he couldn't get to because he didn't know how to catch a cab. I mean, there's stories about Gary. That he doesn't are, know how to catch. How can you not know how to? A little different. Well, I mean, I've been in that situation yes, too. I have too. But really, I just kind of, I just don't get it at this late date. Well, <laughs> also, hotel. Yeah, I, I'm going to blame the hotel. I'm going to blame the tech staff. I'm sorry, Kate. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say that. Yeah, I mean, this is a fault on both ends. Like. If you're going to need something other than just a standard cord, bring it yourself. But also, if you're tech support at a convention, how do you not have equipment? And also, the fact that over the last 10 years, pretty much everything is either an HDMI or now a USB-C. I mean, it's not like in the olden days when you had to have, like... Um, you know, a million X, different cords. XVI or, you know, AVI or a, a USB. I mean, they, I can't even remember the, the letters well, that they were. I have a ton of them at home. It, it's like when you go through the junk drawer, they're what you find. But well, the result more. is. And, and even beyond that, how did they not plan ahead? I don't understand. How did they not, like, 15 minutes before the show went on, Get everything hooked up. But because, the result of this yes. is that Hoche Anderson uh, and Gary Croft sat on, at the table for like 20 minutes with nothing happening. Oh, boy. And funny. then it had was cut short, of course, because there's another panel coming up afterwards. So this, to me, is kind of unacceptable. Uh, we were talking about this earlier. And, you, you know, Calvin, in an unusual burst of vagueness, didn't say <laughs> the rest of the sh- – he just said other cons. Now, specifically, we are going into, I'm going into FanCon XR, which is a virtual reality con. Yeah. All right, that's the Saturday. We have Brooklyn Book Festival. Calvin's already done his virtual panel. Yes. I'm doing an actual in-person panel, so I'm pretty excited by that. I better read all the books. And then it's going to be New York Comic Con. So we have, bang, bang, bang. We have three weekends, or I do anyway, mm-hmm. I have three weekends, three shows, three weekends. And we were at SPX last weekend. This weekend, no, that's it, four, four, four weekends, four shows in a row. And we have been talking about continuously, all three of us before we started, that we are not in con shape. And <laughs> yeah, like, I, I think it's a good now, thing. that's we, not physical, just mental. Everything. Yeah, sure. Yeah, because, listeners, it's a little different if you're actually trying to get work done at a convention than if you're there as a fan. I mean, because obviously we're fans as well, but... It's it's kind of a marathon. It's kind of a I marathon. Know, it is. And um it's even more so if you're also running a booth. We're not running a booth this year. Don't worry, it'll be back someday. Yes, yeah, Um <laughs> but it's it's a lot. It's it's a lot. And by mm-hmm. day 3, you're drained and there's day 4 coming. Mm. And so we're we're trying to gear up. We're like, what is the spring training for cons? <laughs> is there a spring training for cons? <laughs> Well, I to, to to be brutally honest in my own case, you know, having four shows in a row, and I have just realized, I said to myself, why am I so busy? 
And then I just realized it's because I have a lot of things to do. And, <laughs> and, but I, it's like, you know, and you guys are laughing at that. But I'm just saying, you know, we have been living in pandemic times for two years. And I, you know, I, I mean, things are pretty much back to normal. But, I mean, I was a little segue, but I went last night to a wrestling event, AEW's Grand Slam at Arthur Ashe, which I went to last year. And last year... Uh, exactly a year ago, it was like the first, I'd been to a baseball game, but this was like the first kind of like concert setting event that I'd been to in two years. And I'll never forget, like I got home pretty late and it was probably the latest I'd come home. It was like one in the morning, one thirty in the morning. And that walking from the subway to my house, I never had to stop because there wasn't any traffic and there was nobody on the street. It was completely deserted in midtown hmm. Manhattan. And it was very eerie. So last night I came home and there I did have to stop for traffic and there were a few people out but it wasn't like it wasn't like yeah. it used to be I walked by the Gem Saloon on a Thursday night and yeah. there was nobody there like in the olden days Thursday night is the biggest night so I'm just you know it's a long long yeah. way around of saying like we you know we're not in shape and uh, like I'm saying well, I'm busy New York is getting in which shape which is shocking because. <laughs> I haven't had anything to do for two years. I have been, on the contrary, extremely busy for the last two years. Uh, but it's been a different flavor of busy. Even if you've got work coming out the ears, working a convention, be it at a table or as a reporter, involves hours and hours and hours of being on your feet, being swamped in sensory overload, and keeping your eyes sharp for anything that might make a good story. And it just takes a lot of mental and physical load. It's a very specific thing. It's it's fun, but it is it is draining in a very highly specific way. Where even if you've been busy doing forty million other things, you haven't been doing this. And 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 I'm definitely not in shape because uh, while I did have kind of con spring training because I did go to Mocha in early April, um, I did not go to Comic Con, the San Diego Comic Con. Uh, I did not go to TCAM. Uh, so I'm, 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 I'm out of shape. And it, these shows, particularly when you're covering them, I mean, you're, you're zipping from place to place to catch a panel, to, to, to meet somebody, to learn something here. You want to do this. You want to see that person. Um, you know, somebody you haven't seen in years grabs you. All of this stuff, you know, incredible. you're on your feet and you're going from one end of the hall to the other multiple times throughout oh, the day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't, I haven't been doing that. I haven't been doing it. Even, well, even for small so I, festivals. So, yeah, and so, I, I mean, I mean, I would say that, you know, that the physical thing, I mean, just speaking for myself, I mean, I have been going to shows because I, uh, I... Because you're the GOAT. Well, I mean, I love, I mean, I love... <laughs> you are. And, you know, I mean, I'll be brutally honest, I live by myself. I don't have, um, you know, the lovely Jody Colton. And, <laughs> uh, it is, you know, I love going to shows to connect with people. So, and also, it's what I do. Yes, so it I is. went to yeah, San Diego twice. I went mm-hmm. to yeah. uh, WonderCon. I went to TCAF. Um, and I feel like I went to one other thing, but, um, bum, 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 bum. <laughs> so many you can't even remember. So many I can't even remember. <laughs> four. Uh, but, yeah, it is, at San Diego, I literally had two years to think of, well, three years, three years think about it. And, you know, three years is a long time. So I have three years to think about San Diego. And, you know, they say it's like the Olympics. It's, you know, like skiers, 
imagine the course in their mind and they run it in their mind. So I had run San Diego in my mind so many times that honestly, I got there and I just executed my plan and I executed about 95%. Wow. That's pretty yeah. good number. But, but I missed the big one, but you know, I only got the silver medal, uh, but that's okay. <laughs> but, um, which is a very, very long about roundabout way to say that these are the issues that we are dealing with. Other people might have forgotten that Max need a, uh, you know, different kind of dongle. And if I know Gary, he probably had a very old laptop and it probably needed some kind of weird adapter. Uh, it's true. But I will say one thing. They still did get in a little discussion with, with Ho Chi <laughs> who is a fascinating guy. Talk about the guy started at the age of 14. <clears throat> he, he's a, he's essentially a contemporary of, of, of Seth and Chester Brown and, and told stories about riding around in a car to go into comics festivals wow. with them. <clears throat> wow. uh, Talk about the first time he applied to send his work to Gary. Um, uh, after he sent it in and they, they called and said that they were interested in, he said, and by the way, I'm black because yeah. he wanted to make sure, you know, this is the world has changed. And he said he has seen it happen where he would send his comics out. He was, you know, very young, send his comics out and then he could see noticeably everything change when he walked into a room. Um, he had nothing but great things to say about Gary Groff, which Gary said, don't let that get around. Um, so, um, and of course, he talked a great deal about his his masterpiece, King, the biography of, of King, which is, which is uh, well, I actually have the hardcover uh, well, complete it edition. Like a long time ago, 20 years ago, It right? did. And then, yeah. then they issued a very nice uh, a trade paperback edition of it that actually still is still in print. <clears throat> and, uh, and in addition, he's written three novels. Uh, he's directed a film, he's working on, he's directed a number of shorts, and he's working on a new feature. Uh, all, all the stuff that I didn't know. Fabulous guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we got yeah, it done yeah, without the dongle. We still got a lot of information. But then they cut him short because there was another panel waiting to get into the room after we've been waiting around well, for just, support I'm for 20 so, minutes. I'm so sad that, that Calvin went through that. I was at a competing panel, which was the Maya Kobabe. Oh, um, yes. I snuck in there too. Spotlight. Calvin was there briefly. And, uh, you know, uh, Calvin got there on Saturday. So I arrived on Friday with, uh, my roommates, Johanna Draper Carlson and Bridget Elverson. And, uh, it was a big old reunion out on the balcony. Calvin never stays. It's so much fun, Calvin. I know you would love it. I used to, I used to stay back in the day. Where was the place it used to be? In Bethesda. But then I used to go, you know, cause. It's so much better. Well, this place is much better. The new one, uh, the, the married one is new, much better. It's been there for 15 years. Yes. But anyway. <laughs> I know, it's still called uh, the new place. <laughs> yeah. Well, you still do. That's what you do. But, uh, anyway, uh, that was just like standing there and just running into people. Yes. In a wonderful, wonderful way. And, Henry Barajas and you know, yes, yes, we got we got um, selfies to prove it yes. too. Yes, and uh, you know, then I hear you know Maya, and then and there's yes. Maya, well, and who we were talking about on here. Yes, and yes. Uh, as as you all know, I, I really you know admire him so much. I, I love the book, and you know, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and right well, for Publishers Weekly. But anyway, I just want to try to get across the idea that just chatting about Lord of the Rings with Maya. And I'm like, this is the most dangerous person in America. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Maya was a wonderful uh, presence on the stage. Uh, delightful, informative, um, witty, uh, 
Um, and at least, uh, um, as, as they presented themselves, um, uh, unflat, an unflappable, yeah. uh, uh yeah. even though they're in the, the, the eye of the hurricane, yeah. so to speak. And, uh, you know, Maya uses A, M, air pronouns, which is hard for us to remember sometimes, to be honest. And, uh, but you're absolutely right. Maya is just so smart and charismatic, I have to say. And, uh, I have an interview with, with them about, uh, some stuff for a future episode. I also had a long conversation with Jeff Trexler, uh, uh yeah. for a future episode. And, uh, it was great. You know, they met in person for the first time at the show. A little bit of a victory lap for Jeff talking about yes. some of the, um, you know, the court victory in Virginia. But yeah, it just, like, the contrast of the demonization of Maya Kobabe and genderqueer and, and the actual person and yes. just how yeah. you know, delightful they are. How, uh, how yeah. absurd and still it's, dangerous the situation yeah, is. It's just shock, shock, uh, this is a shock. book that is uh, really a, a treasure to have. It's really useful. It's entertaining. It's just a terrific book. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, good props to SPX for having him as a guest. Yes, I mean, absolutely. I that was, I mean, the, the, very the, timely. Very yeah. timely, and my panel was... And when I stepped into the hall, I was uh, fortunate enough to be immediately surrounded by Ron Wimberly mm-hmm. and um, Keith Knight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and wow. And getting a chance to talk with Keith about uh, the second season of Woke. Um, and final, his new, I his final season, that. yes, yeah, um, and he has a new book out, good, good on both sides, a collection of his single panel comics. So, um, and I missed Ron and, and Keith had an on-stage conversation, but, which I think was recorded. Yeah. They do record all the SPS panels. Yeah. So you will be able to. Now the panel that I really wish I'd been able to go to, but I was just too busy looking at the books was the Farewell to Ad House panel. Oh! And uh, so, I mean, I just, like, I mean, we've talked about SPX on here way back in the day, all those years ago, in 2019, uh, last time we went in person and before that. As I said, I've been going for more than 20 years. And uh, Chris Pitzer and Ad House have been a mainstay. I mean, he's local. He lives in Virginia. Ad House has put out so many incredible books. You know, Duncan the Wonder Dog, remember that? Oh, no, that, uh, um, you know, Skyscrapers yeah. the Midwest, yes. um, the books for the Eminens, I, I just, oh, uh, Francis, Young Francis. Oh, Young yeah. Francis know, uh, by, uh, by Hartley. By, yeah. yeah, by Hartley Lynn. I mean, yeah. That's just off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, so many great books. Um, and I actually talked with Chris also, mm-hmm. um, who is apparently doing some writing now. And I bought his book uh, a little after now, The Comic Book Genius of John B. Jacobs. I don't know anything about him, but I got the book here. I'm going to read it, and I promise, Chris, I'll give him feedback. Uh, Calvin has it right in his hand. Yes, right wow. here. Wow. All yeah. right. So cool. he's, he's, he, that he's got that that he's doing. So, but uh, props to him. Ed House has been uh, just a great publisher. They've been a great publisher, and they really were so influential in that whole, in SPX, and that whole generation of comics. Yeah. I mean, Ad House really took a lot of chances. Mm-hmm. Like, you'd look at an Ad House book and you'd think, that's amazing. How are they going to make any money? Uh-huh. Um, so, really, it's a testament to a labor of love that they stayed in business for so long and made it work for so yeah. long. And I did, you know, I like Chris, 
kind of ripped the bandaid off though. He was really, you know, talking very candidly. I mean, he's normally been a very, uh, very, uh, soft-spoken, diplomatic, very diplomatic, but he said his panel was, he was gonna lay it all on the line. Yeah. So I'm sorry that I missed it. But you know, one thing he said, Kate, what you said about how do you make money, and I said, you know, how, I, he does have a day job, and he said, you know, I had to take out a second mortgage a couple times mm-hmm. on this, and and he said that I would never kickstart. I'm just of that generation that I don't do kickstart. Our publisher pays for the books. I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, with an attitude like that, maybe you know, uh, that's that's maybe time to go out on your own terms. Hey, well, yeah, this time so. and come. Yeah, maybe so. But, but uh, uh, anyway, really, really, a lot of people talked about, um, uh, you know, the end of like this being Chris's last last um, mm-hmm. last show. But you know, curiously. The, the final ad house panel was up against the, the top shelf 25th anniversary panel. So, you know, it, I, things happen. Things yeah. happen is what I'm trying to say. Uh, DAQ wasn't, weren't, they weren't there. Yes, this was the other big, yeah. big buzz of the show was that Drunk Corley didn't go. Well, they told us that too. They yeah. said they weren't going to go to shows anymore. Yeah. And, and they, they meant it. And they meant it. So, yeah. but. A lot of people are like, oh, I can't wait to pick up ducks. Well, <laughs> yeah, well you'll go to your local bookstore and you get it. You have to go to the puddle to <laughs> yeah. find the ducks. Right. Or ultimately, like at New York Comic Con, um, Midtown has a booth. Or, you know, so you're going to get it maybe from a secondary vendor, but you're not going to get it from the primary vendor. Uh, well, you will be able to get ducks at the Brooklyn Book Festival. Um, yes, because she's going to be. She's going to be there. Yes. So, we'll, which we'll get to uh, just in yes. a moment. And I don't but, have a full yeah, I, I want to call out one other thing. <clears throat> you know, on my other podcast, Four Women in a Hotel Room, uh, we talked about this quite a bit. Bridget got the last, well, the only copy. But, uh, uh, and I mentioned this also in my write-up, but, a very interesting comic at the show. There's a publisher called Living the Line. It just does the weirdest. They did a book by Dave Sim. They did this Yokiuchi Yokohama comic. And then they did this thing called The Abolition of Man, which is a treatise yes. by C.S. Lewis. Uh, and it's being billed as the first AI comic. Because over the last, it just came on like, like Thunder Man. Like just rolled in like a thunderstorm. These AI comics. Have you seen these, Kate? Or this AI art. This well, I have seen the AI art. I've yeah. never seen someone attempt to make a comic using well, it. Well, the evolution of man is just that, where the guy fed in some of the lines mm-hmm. from the treatise and, you know, broke it up to panels, and it looks really weird. But apparently, and like, apparently you could feed different influences into the art, so he put Dave McKean into the art. And that's what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, this is just getting started, boy. This AI art is just getting started. This is going to be oh yeah a real thing, I think. Well, well it, it's we're starting to see more and more of it. I mean, there was that the story not too long ago about it winning some major kind of art award. Was it in Europe or something? Where you basically write in a description mm-hmm. and the computer computer creates. Yes. A visual experience. Uh, yeah, so what you do is you, you write in a description and the computer spits out several mm-hmm. options to you. And it's, I think it's coded that way specifically because usually at least two out of the four will just look like blobs. Mm-hmm. But one or two of them will usually be pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is, 
Oh, here we go. You know, I think this is way more interesting than NFT. Oh, yes. To be honest. I think. <laughs> and much more fun. Absolutely. Because I think AI is going to be something that a, a, NFTs pretended they were, you know, and not just a scam for rich people uh, or people who wanted to be rich. And uh, whereas the AI art is also a big, it's actually a big threat to artists. I mean, it's a lot of copyright issues. So Jeff mm-hmm. Drexler said he was, he sees, foresees a lot of issues about this coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it what, depends on how much they copy. Yeah. I, I, like how exactly these images are cobbled together, I don't know. That really plays a part in it. But I will say that for the last 15 years, there have been little home-built AIs that you can feed different types of text into that will try to spit out their own, say, version of a Marvel comic script mm-hmm. or their own, you know. And, and some of them are better than others. Um, some of them are actually kind of funny, hmm. but I think, I think actually maybe they will, they've already, looks like they've pretty much cracked the visual AI art. I think it might actually take longer to crack text, even though text is digitally simpler. Yeah. Well, September 19th, 2022, the day Skynet went online, you know? Yep. Um, <laughs> More to come. <laughs> Classic more to come. Well, speaking of which, uh, oh, anything else about SPX before we move on? Um, what did this here? Anything else about SPX? <clears throat> um, let's see, what else did I see? Uh, I, the, the, the panel with, uh, Bianca Yunis, um, and James Spooner, I thought was, was, was really very good. Black punks, mm-hmm. uh, making comics. Uh, I got to see a little bit of that and talk with him a little bit. Um, and, oh, wow, what did I, you know, that's, yeah, you know, I spent so much of time running back and forth, because uh, I, you know, I only come down, what I do, ladies and gentlemen, is I take the train down Saturday morning, see as much as I can, and I take the train straight back that night, so, uh, uh and I see everything I can see in that short amount of time, so. You know, Calvin. Uh, oh, Bill Campbell, I yes. just wanted to make a shout out to Bill Campbell of Rosario Rizar- Publishing, who I got to see, who was, who had a table, and. Always like to make, give well, them, it's give them some play. So many awesome, 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 awesome people were at Small Press Expo that I haven't seen. Dennis Kitchen, yeah, had a chance to talk with him a little uh, bit. Um, uh, wonderful artist I know who does a lot of stuff for um, First Second Joe Flood. Oh yeah, uh, who's been working on their uh, science comics series. Yeah, got a chance to see him. Yeah, I know this is kind of a catch and sketch going, but did you see any books you loved, Kelvin? Um, I did, um, and I, I, but you know what, I didn't really buy a lot of books. I mean, I, I, it's hard for me to say this time around that it was a book that I focused on, because I really didn't, um, uh, so I actually have to say I don't really have a main book. Uh, I did spend a little time chatting with, uh, Kate McCour, whose book's Vivisectionary. Oh, I didn't get to see her. I saw uh, she was She was doing a signing. Uh, and that's a kind of a mesmerizing and weird book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, Top Shelf. Oh, they, they were hyping a particular book that I did not make a note of. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Alright. <laughs> but it was Chris's 25th anniversary. So that's something to take note of. Congrats. Congrats um, no bra was there. Uh, Kisses for Jet was a big book that they had, and the author was there mm-hmm. as well. 
this is a very disjointed and unjournalistic well, you know, recap of I, what I, I saw, but there you go. I think I think that just captures, you know, the camp comics nature of SPX. And uh it was check out Go with the knockoff. Uh, check out, uh, you know, our coverage. Coverage of the beat, coverage of uh, PW, and then four women in a hotel room. And, you know, this is just testament to the fact that there's a slot open in the comics firmament for Calvin's new book. Whatever new book <laughs> takes him by storm. And one will. One will. But, but, uh, listeners, if you have a comic out there, you know, send it to PW Comics World. And to PW Magazine for review, and you never know; it may just be Calvin's next favorite. You never know. Yeah. You never know. Um, so next up for me is uh, Saturday, September twenty fourth. Will be FanCon XR, which is billed as the first virtual reality Comic Con, and it's being put on by a bunch of folks led by Ryan Leibovitz, the Golden Apple Comic Shop in LA, and his wife Kendra, and a company. Uh, call, I want to make sure I get this right, um, well, I should look this up, shouldn't I? Uh, anyway, I am doing two panels, and, uh, I, have either of you, are you, either of you into the headsets, the Oculus, and all that stuff? I am aware of it, but yeah, I am not into it. Yeah. Uh, I don't have good depth perception. Yeah. Uh, it makes me sick. And I have bad vision, so it's kind of hard for me. Uh, Particle and Big Rock Creative, which are... Uh, companies that do stuff in the VR space. So, uh, and a lot of people do these events. So a lot of people do have Oculus, heads, VR headsets. And, you know, it's absolutely something that people do. So why not put out a Comic-Con in VR? However, you will be able to watch it on YouTube or on Zoom. If you do not want to, if you don't have a headset, you can go on on your laptop and wander around. I've been doing that for a couple of days. And I will be doing two panels I will be doing, uh, let's see, I'm doing a panel on Image Comics with Henry Barajas, him again, Porn Set, Piece of Show, and, um, uh, let's see, I don't want to get her name wrong, Hannah Rose, so three great image creators, then I'm also doing one on Creator Own Comics with Caden Phoenix, Shannon White and Brendan Boyle White, and David Propose. Uh, so there's a whole, you can go to fanconxr.com, you see the whole schedule, it's free, let me make sure you know it is F-R-E-E, you do not have to buy a ticket. This is really kind of a proof of concept sort of thing. And if you do have VR, you will see that the panels are taking place in these cool VR settings. Well, I mean cool. It does remind me of Second Life, and that was 20 years ago. But, yeah. um, you know, uh, this is the VR world, and uh, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. I am definitely looking forward to, uh, you know, talking to these cool people. Second Life is a good catch because I have to say, whenever I hear about the metaverse, all I can think is, wait, isn't this just Second Life but by Facebook? It is. <laughs> I have never seen, to be honest, I've never seen anything that has improved on Second Life. No. <laughs> there was even well, a cult or two in Second trying, Life. Though. Yeah, but they are still trying. And, you know, if you put on the headset, it is... I have tried a friend's. I don't know one, but I have tried the headsets, and if you can do it and it doesn't make you nauseous, I can see why it's a lot of fun to do. So I would say call me back in 10 years when the technology is there. Yeah. Well, the technology is growing pretty slowly. Um, but, you know, yeah. you got to do things like this in order to, to the get there. Right. Yeah. But, so, you know, you brave uh, early ad- yeah. adopters enjoy 
have fun and call me back when it's a little further along for people with bad depth perception. <laughs> yeah. So uh, just briefly on the, uh, well, the I'm going to be doing a, a panel. Uh, I'm doing a virtual panel that will be broadcast uh, this Sunday. But the uh, Brooklyn Book Festival has a number of graphics panels. And very quickly, uh, we've got Who is an Outsider? Um, and, and it's going to feature with, uh, Jeremy, uh, Holt, uh, made, made in, uh, Korea, um, uh, uh, Julio Anta, uh, and the, the book is, is Home, and Kate Snyder, Headland, a discussion looking at this, that this particular, uh, topic. Um, uh, what else do we have here? Ah, I, you know what? I mean, I, unfortunately, I have an incomplete list of telling other, telling other stories. It's going to, which will, this is a, uh, will feature, uh, Jess Rolfson, Invisible Wounds, Sophia Warren, Radical, Didier, Didier Fassum, Policing the City. That's my panel. Oh, that is your panel. Oh, good. Okay, good. All right. Uh, my, uh, oh, and of course, as we mentioned, Kate Beaton, uh, will be there discussing, uh, Ducks two years, um, in the oil sands. Uh, I think she's gonna be with a journalist who'll be talking with her. Uh, and my own virtual panel, which will be on, uh, uh, September 25th at noon. Uh, it's me in discussion with Kate Gavino, who's as a wonderful page turner, a career in books. James Spooner, The High Desert, Black Punk Nowhere, a, a graphic memoir about his life as a black punk. punk. Um, and, and growing up around, you know, neo-Nazis. Uh, Gingoro, uh, uh, Tagame, Our Colors, uh, uh, really look at this, uh, really the turmoil of a gay teenager, uh, terrified of coming out. And uh, Malika Garib, It Won't Always Be Like This, um, which is, uh, a, a, a sequel to her previous book about grow, really growing up, uh, as Filipino and Egyptian, and the, the, this this book is more about her older uh, and the summer she spent in Egypt. Mm. So check us out. Yeah, and uh, just to remind myself, I mean Calvin just told it, but it's called Telling Other Stories. It's three p.m. at the actual book festival on Sunday. So yay, in person. Uh, yeah, with Sophia Warren, Jess Rudolfson, Didier Fassin, and Ria Ewing. Um, you know, non nonfiction comics. And tell you know telling stories. Actually, all of these are, are stories about people who kind of interviewed folks or uh, you know researched other people. So uh, sounds quite interesting. But yeah, definitely um, excited. This is I think they did do it last year. This is the second Brooklyn Book Festival, right? Uh, yes, they did do it last year. Um, and I think the I did a virtual panel last year. Um, I, I think I've left something out. I'm sorry, I have an incomplete list of panels. But I, I did go online and I was searching, and you can't search by subject, but there's, yes. there's only a few. There's only a few. There's only a few oh, comics. Old Roll, New Soul. Uh, Nadia Shamas, oh, um, yes. Squire, Robin Smith, Watch Day Diaries, a wonderful book. Uh, Ivy Noah Weir, Anne of West Philly, and Laura Gow's Messy Roots. So there yeah. you go. So there, there's, there is a, a a good representation of comics programming. Um, but, you know, it's scaled down. I mean, back in the day, they there was a lot more programs in general. But you know, hey, it's it's back. Yeah, Brooklyn it back. Book Festival is yeah. back. And it's, it's a hybrid. Too. Yeah. I mean, there's, and there's, there's you know, and the following weekend, the October first and second weekend, I believe it is. That's going to be the festival day. And there are bits all week around the Brooklyn Festival. Right. But the uh, the festival day where there'll be you know you'll be out at Burr Hall, uh, uh, 
vendors and the whole like, and in-person it's events October will be October 2nd, correct? October 2nd. Yes. yes. Okay. That's good. I better remember this when my, when my panelists so yeah. I go. And excuse my mangled uh, descriptions of the panel. Yeah, please. well, we're getting, we're, we're out of, we're out of touch. We're out of, we're out of shape. We're out of shape. We're out of shape. We'll get there. And then, if this is not enough, guys, and then the following weekend, well, I mean, just the Essentially, following, yeah, I mean, yeah. Sunday, Brooklyn Book Festival, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, then the baseball playoffs start. Um, <laughs> no, New York no, also were. starts. And, uh, you know, kitty bar the door, man. We better be ready for that. So, Kate, yeah. what are you going to do? We do not have a booth this year, so what are you going to do with yourself? Um, well, what I'm going to do is run around like a maniac getting interviews, but I'm also going to have a little time, a little bit more time to, A, enjoy the floor, B, like, get some air outside of the convention center, air and light, because, like, usually... I would get into the convention center in the morning and I would not have uh, natural unfiltered sunlight on my face for the rest of the day. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm up for it. I'm up for it, but I may not spend quite as many hours per day there as I did when I was running a booth and had to be there from open to close. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that makes a lot of Mm -hmm. sense. And, um, Oh, I just think we, we, we would, uh, we need to mention, uh, Insider Talks Returns. Oh, yes. You yes, know, yes. ICB2, um, Milton Greaves White Paper, uh, will be back for a full slate of, of trade discussions. Um, on what day? Uh, and Heidi, you're gonna be a part yes, of that I as am well. A part, I am an instigator yeah. of it, to be honest. I was, yeah, uh, you had a much, in, a I, big hand in bringing yes, it back. That on Thursday, the 6th of October, uh, I believe from, Three to six will be this event. It is a return. It's going to be in the um, uh, the old the river uh, the, the riverfront the pavilion, the the nice airy room that we all like to hang out in back of the press room. Heidi, do I count? Can I get in? Yes, you can. I'm supposed to yeah. send a list of people to be invited, but absolutely, it's it's free. It's all you free. have to do is follow the link. I'm for. We need to follow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah sorry, well, <laughs> this is the our whole point housekeeping is, here. The whole point of it is to get together. Yes. Yes. To get people in one room. So, to be honest, after um, after Comic Con in San Diego, Rob Salkowitz and I were talking, and we just every time people got together, it was so joyful and joyous. And I'm just like, everybody wants to schmooze so bad. And at Comic Con, there was you, you know COVID Con. I mean, there was a lot of concerns about gathering. I mean, now people seem to be like, yeah, whatever. You know, uh, I've heard a lot less concerns. Of course, I will be wearing a mask inside. That's what I do. Yep. But, um, Same here. But we just felt the need. And and uh, Milton had not done uh, the white paper at the 2019 New York Comic Con because they did not have room. Because if you recall, the expansion with all the bathrooms wasn't open then. So now they have the expansion. They are able to do it again. And, you know, Rob and I really kind of got some of the people together and uh, we do have, like, Kickstarter is going to be uh, a sponsor. I am going to be interviewing Oriana Lecker, doing a panel with her about crowdfunding. Uh, I believe there was Webtoon also. And there mm-hmm. will be a white paper Absolutely. from Milton. And a happy hour. Yeah. Well, and also, which is that we made discussion uh, pretty soon. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Direct market distribution. Oh, Will yeah. be a, uh, in fact, I think there's two panels on distribution. Well, I, I think... And, and listeners, well, I figure you fall into one of two camps. Either you are surprised, and this sounds incredibly geeky and boring, 
And it sounds, you can't believe that we're this excited, but I assure you the enthusiasm is real. It's one of our favorite parts of the convention. Uh, or you are like us and like, damn, how do I get in there? Yeah. Yeah. Also, I'm mistaken. There's only one panel on distribution. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, this is, this is the first panel on distribution. This is the first time we've had this in three years. And the reason why Rob and I and Milton all really felt strongly about having this event was so much has changed. So much. So much. Everything has changed. So the, the, you know, getting together, talking about it, seeing where we're at, it's just, it just seemed like a really important thing to do. And luckily, um, luckily New York Comic Con was able to provide the space Mm -hmm. and, you know, Kickstarter was able to provide some funds. I believe Lunar is also a sponsor. So, so we're doing it. So yeah, uh, business listeners, I know there's quite a few of you come, uh, go to ICB2. I believe you can register there, but come to the happy hour. Come to the schmooze. Uh, so other than that, well, we, we will be at New York Comic Con talking and, and the, you know, reporting and tweeting. I'm yeah, sure we'll yeah. be live tweeting yeah. ICB2, um, as usual. So yeah, more to come on that. But meanwhile, yeah, there was only one news item this week. Really, yeah. it was a pretty significant one. And although, in some ways, you know, it's it's kind of a news item. It's it's kind of a a, a slow moving and you know, snowballed down a hill kind of a news item because we've been talking about this really for well, in some ways, since 2020. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is a new distribution deal and uh, with a new vendor in the in the direct market who seems to be getting more and more clients. PRH. Publisher Services, uh, which distributes books, uh, the books of Marvel, IDW, Dark Horse, and a number of other comics publishers, too. Um, they've gotten a new direct market uh, client, and it's Dark Horse, and that's for their periodical comics. Uh, now, I think back when, when uh, PRH first entered the direct market uh, did, as an exclusive distributor of Marvel periodicals, uh, we talked about when the other shoes going to drop. And they're starting to slowly drop hmm. over the last three years. Well, there are so many shoes. It has to be a centipede by now. <laughs> yes, yes. That's, that's, that's really a good way to describe it. Yeah. But uh, Dark Horse has ankles uh, to PRH uh, for their periodicals. They have, they've been their books have been distributed into the book trade while since for a while, 2014 yeah. or so, I think. And so people really, we were all wondering when they would go for periodicals to PRH. And uh, they join, obviously, Marvel and IDW. IDW went, um, I think, just uh, over the summer in June. Yeah. Is what this this um, this deal does not take uh, take effect until June. Mm-hmm. And um, it was the occasion for a pretty salty email. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from uh, Steve Jeppy. That will point it out. Now, see, Diamond is going to what do they call it? A broker? They will act as a as a sub distributor. There'll be a wholesaler. A wholesaler. Sorry, yes. So they buy their stock from yes PRH. Yes, they will buy their stock from PRH. But it, you know, comic shops want to continue getting their comics from Diamond. Uh, they Diamond. can. They can, and uh, they can also, as they can, uh, Marvel comics. Well, and yeah, many do. And, many do. Uh, and yeah, Jeffy was, uh, what did he, 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 laid a little salt on there. Uh, just, you know, uh, it is important to know. <laughs> 
Well, we have pre-submitted our most Dark Horse merchandise worldwide. So they, which Dark Horse does some really awesome collectibles, um, a lot of Game of Thrones stuff. I mean, some beautiful stuff. It's important to note that while Dark Horse is an established name in the industry, the expected impact of this change to Diamond's Dark Horse direct market sales represents only approximately 1%. Diamond's top-line sales inclusive. Uh, we are so much more than just comic book distribution. So, Well, this has the distinct air of... <clears throat> I don't know why you wrote this article. Who would ever read it in the comments, mm-hmm. says someone who read the article. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're certainly, they certainly seem awful uh, upset about it for something that's only a gnat on their shoulder. Yeah, well, you know, in all honesty, props to Diamond. I do feel, we've said it, I've said this many times, I always say it, see, Jeffy's a very smart businessman, mm-hmm. yeah. there's a lot of things Diamond does very wrong, but they are um, trying to pivot and into yeah. selling toys and distributing other things that they, yeah. they do, other businesses. They're responding to a change market. Yes, yes, exactly. It's just that the remark itself was a little bit protest too much. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're not called Diamond Merchandise Distributors. They're called Diamond Comics yeah. Distributors. Well, I, yeah. And I, uh, well, I can't wait for the Diamond Retailer Summit end of October. But, uh, this leaves Image as Diamond's biggest client by far. And as I understand it, they're not coming to the Retailer Summit. So, you know, I think it's like, Little Tinder hmm. dating, little uh, Bumble, you know, like ghosting here. I don't know. Uh, it's it'll all. I can't. Let's get to that happy hour. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. why you have to have happy hour to find out answers to questions like this. Now, Peerage has a few more publishers, but I don't think they really focus on periodical comics or have them. Well, they distribute other. Titan Titan does some periodical comics. E... Not a lot. I what think. do you mean through? Through, I mean, PR, PRH distributes, uh, the books. Of yes. Well, Square I, Enix, Titan, Seven Seas, No Brow, Kadacha Comics, DC, mm-hmm. mm, yeah. and Archie. Yes, yes. And IDW. I did, yes, and IDW. IDW yes. And, uh, yeah, and, uh, Marvel. Yeah, and the others we mentioned earlier, Marvel. Seven Seas, yes, I have that on my list. Because our early discussion was, okay, these guys, their books are being distributed. How soon before their periodicals right. are distributed? And now, we know. Right. Not now, that long. Now, <laughs> so, I mean, I put a scorecard in my post on this, and I, I have a lot of question marks and a lot of mistakes that I need to fix. Uh, but, like, most publishers are distributed to the book trade by Simon & Schuster. Mm-hmm. Ahoy, Andrews McNeil, AWA, Behemoth, Black Mask, Boom, Devil's Do, Heavy Metal, High Horse, Humanoids, Keen Spot, Legendary, yeah, Man Cave, Rebellion, <laughs> Red Five, Rocket Ship, Source Point, TKO, Vault, and Viz. And, you know, as you might know if you read PW, uh, Brandon House is trying to take over SNS, and this oh, will true. be big old monop- another big old monopoly. It's true, and it's interesting, too, because SNS has a very big distribution business, as does PRH. To be fair, it means it's not like a comics distribution is any stranger to monopolies, <laughs> but... I suppose we'll see where the future of, of this little board game goes. Well, I want to point out one other little news news item that happened this week, which really was one of the slowest news weeks, this kind of stuff we like to talk about ever. Um, but it, Eric Powell, a much-loved cartoonist of the Goon, has his own little publishing imprint called Albatross, and he's been going at it for a long time. But they just announced that it was going to... 
Dark Horse as an imprint of Dark Horse. And, you know, Dark Horse is scooping up these imprints. You know, they gave Stan Sakai an imprint. Uh, Kevin Smith has an imprint. You know, uh, um, Karen Berger. Karen, well, that's a lot. That's been for a while. Yeah, I'm just yeah I know. This goes back. Yeah, this goes back a while. I'm talking about these recent, like, yes, yes, no, without a doubt. Uh, you know, Roya Okupe's line of Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Much more recent, yeah. There. So, um, interesting. Interesting mm-hmm. that Dark Horse, and you know, they have new owners. Again, mm-hmm. we haven't really seen the, you know, we haven't been in contact with them, haven't really heard the news coming out of Dark Horse, you know, in a behind the scenes fashion. So, interesting. Very interesting yes. to see them make these moves. Um, definitely more to come on that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. For once, we don't even have briefs. And, well, I guess we don't. But I do want to very quickly mention uh, Heidi's uh, author profile, Kate Beaton. Um, uh, it publishes weekly.com slash comics. Uh, if you haven't read Ducks two years, uh, uh, was it two years in an oil, in oil sands, uh, go out and buy it. Now, this is, this is an extraordinary book, uh, powerful, about... <clears throat> the two years she spent as one of the few women working in the remote oil mining camps of Canada, what she experienced, what she learned about it, it's just an extraordinary book. It's really a masterpiece. I mean, it really, you know, I've been, I read the book a, a while ago, and I've been kind of reliving some little parts of it this week, because, you know, she is doing a lot of press, she's touring. I just want to point out, um... DQ is not going to comic shops, but they are touring their authors. Mm-hmm. So are uh, not going to comics fest. So, you know, they can either spend all this money to take their staff to a show or they can send an author out on the road. And I think they think that's a, a better use. So yeah, yeah. there's just been a lot of talk about ducks. It's really, yeah, uh, really the is. book of the year. Uh, yeah. and Kate is pretty incredible. She's also been profiled the New York times and New York mm. magazine. And she's great. Yeah. And then listeners, if somehow you were under a rock, and you missed Hark of Grant. Yes, she isn't publishing these Christmas, mm-hmm. these history comics anymore, but they're history comics, so they don't go out of relevance. Go back, read her hilarious yes. back catalog. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just a remarkable. But you know, I want to, I have another thing that I meant to put in my, in my SPS report. I didn't do it, but I'd like to bring it up with both of you and that I was talking to Warren Bernard, who is the director of Small Press Expo, and he has been for five, six, seven yeah, years. Yeah. And he was talking about how they have a partnership with the Library of Congress yes. that has like 10,000 items in it, and it's, you know, it's really become an important archive, and, um, and, and these the folks from SPX, the librarians from the Library of Congress, come to SPX, and they go and they collect books for the collection. Did the IGNAC Awards go into this yes, archive? Yes, the IGNAC mm-hmm. Awards uh, nominees that are sent in, they go into the archive, and you know, really what an amazing connection with local institutions mm-hmm. that Warren Bernard has made. And, you know, we were talking about the stuff that Chris Butcher did at TCAP and how he connected with, you know, foreign arts consulates and, you know, Japanese publishers and really made TCAP a cultural destination. But I just, you know, Chris left with... Unfortunate circumstances, but I just wanted to say, like, you have to have these people. And Annelle Miller at MoCA, because yeah, she has certainly thing. reshaped that show in a way, partnering the Society of Illustrators. And again, mm-hmm. making it part of the, of the, the, you know, local institutions yeah. and part of the community. And just, you know, the vision of people, going back to SPS, the vision mm-hmm. of people like 
Warren Bernard, Anel Miller, and Chris Butcher to make these indie comic shows really important cultural Absolutely. events. Yes. Absolutely. It's really important to have people like that doing this. Absolutely. And it really fed into this new era of comics we live in where um, the, the, the comics world has expanded itself in its readership far beyond what I even imagined in some cases when I, you know, as I was a kid, or when we first started doing this so many years yes. ago. Yes. This is a, we, we, the, 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 all these organizations have been instrumental in this incredible new world of comics that we're living in right now. Uh, you can't beat it. It's just amazing. And, and every one of them really deserves special recognition. They really do. And also doing it in, as either non-profit, yeah. vol- you know, largely volunteer-run organizations. I mean, this is just bootstrap stuff. And we really owe a lot. We really yeah. owe a lot to, this, yeah. to these yeah. people. Agreed. All right. Um, so I think it's time for us to talk about the geeky things we're enjoying this week. Yeah. Well, we're all we're all so preoccupied. Alvin is preoccupied with his kitchen. Kate is moving, I and I've been writing, a, you know, a profile of Kate Beaton. But we did have time for a little fun. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, in a sign of the times, something that would not have happened pre-COVID and pre-webtoons hitting maturity in the United States, uh, my story wreck here is. Um, a tapas comic called The Grand Mudang Saga Ooh. by Unyul Huaram and Giparan. I'm sure all of those are either abbreviated names or pen names, but um, which is a tapas comic, a humorous wuja uh, martial arts comic where the premise is that in this is sort of not just wuja, but a very like over the top old movie style, like ridiculous overacting style villain uh, gets reincarnated into the sect of the good guys. And he thinks that they're complete idiots, but he does sort of want to learn what they have to teach him. So he's a brash, obnoxious villain who is, you know, being seen as a well-meaning, if annoying student by a sect full of, you know, stereotypical martial arts good guys who are always shocked whenever he does something other than the most obvious honorable thing and are just astonished at his ability to think outside the box. Why, the mysterious illness of his mysteriously frail master is solved by him giving up vegetarianism because he needs more protein? You know, it, it's it's just really a very fun comic. It's, it's free to read uh, one installment every 20 hours. You can, and you don't have to read them all at once. It's just like, you read one now, tomorrow you show up again. Oh, there's another episode free for me. What's it called again? Grand Mudong Saga. Mm, excellent. But that's on tapas. And that's on tapas. Mudong is M-U-D-A-N-G. And you know what? I changed my mind. Yes. I do want to mention something. And uh, it's a a terrific excerpt that's in, that's in the Fanatic this week. Uh, it's called The Five Lives of... Uh, Hilma F. Kunt. Uh, if you don't know who she is, uh, oh, what an amazing I, artist she, she is. She is an amazing Ooh. artist, uh, a kind of, um, I mean, it's hard to even know how to describe her. Her work, uh, was shown, I, I guess, on this scale for the first time in 2018 at the Guggenheim. Mm-hmm. It probably was one of the most popular Guggenheim shows of, of 
All in time. recent memory. Uh, she lived between 1867 and 1944. Her work basically has caused the art world to completely redefine, or art historians, to completely redefine when abstract painting began. Yeah. Uh, her work, uh, 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 she, she lived through the various dismissals that women had to deal with of the period, uh, and eventually made these large-scale paintings, offered up in, um, inspired uh, through spiritualism. I mean, she was very much into direct communication with the spirit world. But um, uh, if you go to publisherswiki.com slash comics, you'll see, you can see an, ex, an excerpt uh, from The Five Lives of Hilma F. Clint by Philip Deans. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, it's published by David Warner Books. And uh, it's a beautiful graphic novel that really is a biography of her life and really gives you an incredible outline of her work and career. You know, uh, it sounds amazing. She's an incredible artist. Uh, you know, we didn't mention Self-Made Hero. They were at uh, SPX, mm -hmm. and they do a lot of books about artists. And, uh, you know, yes, Emma but, Roberts, the sure. publisher, uh, are getting her name wrong. No, anyway, it is Emma, though. It but, is Emma. But it's not Rogers. It's not Rogers, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, they are such an excellent publisher. Emma, sorry, I forgot your name. Um, uh, one nerdy, two nerdy things. I put up a photo from 20 years ago, uh, SPX, because I found the article that I wrote about it on 4PW, 2002, yeah. still live. A lot of old stories from yeah. PW from that era are not live. So it's amazing that it came up, but, uh, and I looked Any highlights do you remember from it? You yeah. know, it almost reads like the story I wrote now. Yeah. I'm so consistent <laughs> in my, in my, um, my, Format. Yeah. But uh, I went and looked at my photos, and there was one of Scott McCloud talking to Tom Hart, and I threw it up on Twitter. And Scott replied, I remember that's the show where I kept talking about how the future of comics was on the web, and everybody told me I was wrong. And the <laughs> cartoonist told me I was wrong. And, you know, Kate bringing up Tapas right now, and how so many indie cartoonists, young cartoonists, come out of school be, wanting to be on Webtoons or Tapas. Scott? You were right. You were right. You were right. You were right. Well, I mean, I thought he was right all along because I've been reading web comics all along, as have the rest of the staff. But it does seem like they've found a format that's breaking through to a wider audience. Yes, yes. Certainly a much larger part of a lot of people's lives than they were 20 years ago. You know, nerdy stuff, I'm just going to plug. I am watching The Rings of Power on Amazon. I think I mentioned it last time. And uh, I am writing a comparison between the books and the show for the beat. And if you want to know all my nerdy, nerdy, nerdy thoughts about Tolkien and Rings of Power, uh, I'm just going to plug my recaps on the beat. So i got to go now and finish episode four, to be honest. Yeah, I think we all have to go. Yeah. At this point. Wow, there was no news, but we managed to talk for <laughs> That's an, an hour. hour. That means we can't talk for an hour. Yeah, we can talk for an hour. <laughs> there you go. In one talk. fashion or another. Yeah, right. well, this is a, a very important skill for a podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Filling up dead air. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, we got you. Well, please remember, uh, you know, tweet at us at PW Comics World. Uh, we're trying to see if anybody's uh, able to contact us via yeah. Twitter or Leave us a, a yeah, what do you read? Comment. What do you think is cool? Wow, what yeah. do you think is cool? Let yeah. us know at, at PW Comics World. And until that, I guess that just about wraps it up. But as you can tell, there will absolutely be more to come. 